everyone, and welcome to Literary Demerit, a podcast where we take a look at works of questionable literary merit. I'm Siobhan. And I'm Kester. I have made a grave mistake. Oh? Uh, previously, we uh, slandered the good name of uh, Mr. Flowerfingers. <laughs> yeah. Just to clarify, we are talking about... Uh, the version of uh, the character that's in the fanime, not the fanfic. The the fanfic version can uh, die for all we care. But um, yeah, I was I was about to say, have we? Because I I don't know. I kind of feel like I've been going a little soft on him. If anything, I said that it was uh, inappropriate of him to get his uh, girlfriend a new cat after uh, the previous one died. But after playing the Blood Raining Night video game, it was revealed to me in the uh, e- intense lore that this game contains. I'm, I'm going to start covering my ears now because I can't hear No, spoilers. I already told you this part. I, 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 I averted my eyes chastely from the information you were trying to show me. It was revealed to me that he got her a doll. He actually made a doll uh, that resembled her deceased pet and gave it to her as a uh, memento for her to remember her deceased pet by. It was not a real cat. Uh, I I did not know this. Uh, It was information that uh, was not obvious in the fanime. But after playing the amazing game, there's information in there that does reveal that it was a stuffed animal, not uh, an actual cat, which I thought was kind of inappropriate for him to get her uh, immediately after her last cat died uh but it turns out it's not real it, it was a stuffed animal so i would like to apologize <laughs> <laughs> well i hope our listeners can forgive you because i don't know if i can <laughs> this is this is a grave sin i'm sorry i am just completely blown away by how unexpectedly good the uh video game is uh and i just can't wait to get to it but for now we are uh continuing our reading of blood raining night the fanfic we yes. uh we, we we haven't gotten to the video game yet um yes which if you're just tuning in uh i'm very sorry for that opening that probably was really confusing uh yeah i was confused too but uh it, it's time to uh get even more confused because we're delving into blood raining night and we are closing in on the ending we are blood raining night is a fanfic by Rachel katsueki neko oni about a demon cat girl vampire who uh well a lot of things happened to her uh, do you want to yes. give us a summary of what we read last week? Uh, sure, I can try. So last week we read chapters 25 through 26 of Blood Running Night. Uh, a few months have passed since the Christmas scene. We find out they is currently living alone without a caretaker and that despite proposing to her, Denmark doesn't want to actually get married yet because she doesn't have arms or eyes. So one night as she was laying in bed feeling mopey, they heard a knock on her door and went to check who it was. She was greeted at the door by a boy named Emiru who explained that he's heard about her disabilities and wanted to offer her his help. Notably, they did not put out a request for help and isn't sure how Emiru learned of her. Uh, Because you can't see him and the description we get of him is therefore minimal, it's also unclear how old Emiru is. The narration sometimes talks about him as though he's a child, but he does and says things that suggest that he's at least in his teens. We should hope. Yeah, otherwise it's it's full-on troubling, unchildlike behavior territory. Anyway, 
They accepted Amiru's help and invited him in. The two chatted and they told Amiru a bit about what's been going on in her life. And he told her that he's very poor but doesn't want to help her as a paid employee. He's trying to get good karma and is willing to do whatever she wants of him if she'll just allow him to stay in her house with her. Which is what I said to my landlord when I was moving. <laughs> the next morning, they got a call from Denmark with, who uh, reiterated to her that he's not willing to marry her uh, so long as she's armless. <laughs> he just called her to remind her. <laughs> It's a bizarre scene. Yeah, it's really strange. Because <laughs> he just calls her and, like, says that and then hangs up the phone. Anyway, Emiru entered then uh, after returning from a grocery run. And when they cried to him about the situation, he told her he knows somebody who can craft auto male arms for her. And can request that she come to this house to do so. Of course, they took him off on this offer. The someone in question is Winry Rockbell from Full Metal Alchemist. And even though she lives in Europe, she's able to travel to Japan, like, same day. Uh-huh. No problem. Um, yeah, it's it's no big. Um, she's not getting paid, by the way. Uh, to quickly sum up what happens next, Winry arrived and fitted they with new arms, though in the process of doing so, they's hair got caught in the joints and had to be cut short. Winry also gave they glass eyes to simulate the look of her old ones. They was able to start using her new limbs immediately, so the first thing she did was call up Yuki and ask about Elaine's whereabouts. Yuki told her that she does know where Elaine is now, that Elaine is being held captive on an island by Lei's dad, and she can fly Lei there for a rescue mission. So that evening, Yuki shows up uh, with Mina in tow, and they flew to the island with Lei, and that's where we left off. So that brings us to chapter 27, and I think it's your turn. All right, so this is chapter 27, Tears Like Mine. I can feel it too. It's sickening, like you're drinking gallons of spit. Like I'm drinking gallons of spit. I would never do this. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I, I mentioned that um, the ending of the chapter was terrible last time, and uh, I stand by that, but um, this is also a terrible way to begin a chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, I almost wanted to praise it at first because I was like, wow, we're starting we're starting in the middle of dialogue. But then I remember that we ended with dialogue. So we've just picked up right from where we left off. And it's an awkward spot. It, it's too much of a pause. It, it, it just brings you completely out of the flow of the conversation. Right. Because um, it's not like, I think there's a situation where you can do this. And if it's, it's if the last chapter ended on a wham line, but it didn't. It's sort of cliffhangered because the last thing they said was something like, uh, something isn't right here. But, you know, I guess that raises the tension a little bit, except that, you know, you would expect something to not be right um, on the mysterious secluded island where your daughter is being held captive. Um, <laughs> not really a shock. But it's not, it's not like a reveal that we need time to process that would necessitate, like, a chapter break. Well, we're drinking gallons of spit now. <laughs> yeah, I need time to process that one. Yuki replied, My stomach turns. Mm. The island was quiet, and nothing was heavy, but the thick air that lingered and loomed a sad tune around the three girls' heads. The description is trying to do a lot and accomplishing nothing. Mina tried to desperately warm herself by hugging Rachiru while Yuki looked around the beach. Elaine! Are you here? Rachiru's voice echoed throughout the wind of the mountains on the island. I don't think she's here. And if she is, she isn't okay? Do you think she's <laughs> alright, Yuki? Rachiru's golden eyes twinkled the stars, reflecting them. I'm not really feeling her anymore. 
Not in my heart, Yuki said, worried with her hand on her chest as she wore a white tunic like one shoulder outfit. <laughs> I'm not really feeling her anymore is perhaps like the, f the funniest way to, <laughs> to put that. I'm just not really feeling your daughter anymore. I, I think your, your kid has like some bad vibes. I don't know. <laughs> I also like the, uh, the sudden description of what she's wearing. Like, yeah. She has worn that in, in every scene that uh, she wasn't wearing her uh, high school uniform in the uh, fanime, but I mean, yes. I, gu I guess here's the description drop of what she's wearing. Yeah, uh, this is the first um, time we've had a description of her clothing, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. We've gotten very little description of Yuki in general. Like, I didn't know she had wings until last chapter. Uh, that's interesting because the first, uh, <laughs> the first time she appears it says that um she came floating down from the ceiling on angle wings so it's funny how you didn't uh like register that but um well i mean i probably forgot yeah. <laughs> but also um i might have been thrown off by angle wings yeah mm -hmm. well you kids you all just missed the party of the year downstairs i was hoping you'd be coming retru his voice was cold and vibrated through the misty air of the deserted island beach Sashomaru the Vampire Lord, where's my daughter? I had completely forgotten Sashomaru was even, like, still in the story until just this <laughs> moment. He hasn't appeared in so long. Yeah, remember when, when like, going to Sashomaru's lair was, like, a big deal for the characters? Yeah, yeah. And, and the best time to go would be Ashita, and then they didn't? Yeah, and Ashita means tomorrow, just so you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And then they didn't, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> They didn't. Rachel's veins popped out of the sides of her face and she went red. All he did was snickered and waved his hand in the air. What does that mean, Sashomaru-sama? <laughs> why is she using sama for him? <laughs> yeah, why is she being respectful? Yuki cooed in her airy voice. Oh, is she trying to like sweet, sweet talk him? Is that the implication? I don't think so, but that would be a cool twist. You haven't killed her, have you? He smeared and raised his hands. I don't know. Maybe I did. They all gasped. <laughs> you see, Reitru, thousands of years ago, a group of people of the Shinto religion came to this very island. Okay? They all practiced the Shinto way until one day they came upon a small young child. He had long blue hair and black wings. And pronouns. <laughs> Assuming he was evil, they pulled apart his limbs until he died. <laughs> Great. God, imagine, imagine, uh, dying because someone pulls your limbs off. Uh, couldn't be Reichiru. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For the next few months, the crops of their land withered and fucked out. <laughs> it started with the island, and then it spread. They realized the mistake they had made killing that one boy. They ended up worshipping him and a deity and creating the Kamimichi Shinto religion, or unknown god, resembling that this deity who they guessed controls certain parts of the earth comes and goes in different forms. I love how vague this religion is. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, we, we, we guessed. Yeah, we think this is how it works, but we're not completely sure, you know? <laughs> this is like the funniest religion ever because it's like, um, well, we, we brutally murdered this weird kid we found because we thought he was evil uh, for having blue hair and... and angel wings and pronouns um so so we we rent him limb from limb and then some bad stuff started happening so we decided he was like probably some sort of god of something <laughs> so we're gonna like worship worship him but you know we're not really sure how the whole thing works but yeah I, I just we I, probably fucked up i just think it's 
hilarious about like a religion that's like extremely open about how like yeah we're not completely sure how this works <laughs> all we really know is we biffed it big time this is our best guess <laughs> yeah so don't take our word for it Rachel crossed her arms and nodded in his direction i understand how that works now but why no do you, you don't no one does that's <laughs> But why do you care about what happens to me? What do I have to do with this? I came here for me daughter, but you obviously have more of an agenda. You're a very curious person, Reitru Katsueki Neko Oni, and it's a pity you won't be able to see your daughter once you find her. What? <laughs> she, she's blind. <laughs> yeah, but I, I wasn't taking C as that literal. <laughs> I think that's what he means, though. I guess. But I have nothing to want from you. You're lying! Yuki pointed her finger at him. I can feel it in your soul! Whatever you think I'm doing doesn't matter. He shook his head and smiled. You're here now. He clapped his hands and a dark mist came out of the sky, heading towards the three girls. Reitru and Yuki braced themselves. How do you brace yourself against mist? I guess Mina just stood there and took it. <laughs> <laughs> Mina's just like, whatever. <laughs> a large hole opened up in the floor and the black mist grabbed all the girls, taking them into the belly. <laughs> the belly? All three of them woke up within a dark hostile room with a hint of evil. <laughs> just a hint. It's a hint of evil in the, in the starter <laughs> There was the slight light of moonlight. I hate that. I hate that. There was the slight light of moonlight shining in through a barred hole in the ceiling. They all looked at each other and sighed. Is it over, Reichiru-chan? Yuki-chan? Mina whimpered and hugged her knees. No, you're like trapped in an island. <laughs> it's definitely not over. They're trapped in an island. <laughs> yes. With Sashomaru, the vampire lord. I really like how easily they, they start to give up. How like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's over. There's nothing we can do. I shouldn't have let you come along, Yuki said. It's my fault. I knew it was too dangerous. I'm sorry, Mina-chan. Yeah, why did yeah, you let her come? Yeah, you know what? Come? She should be sorry. Yeah. Why did you bring Mina? <laughs> she doesn't have any powers. She's just a normal She's, girl. She is an ordinary high school girl. She put her hand over Mina's and squeezed it. It's okay. I rather all die together than for you two to disappear and never heard of again. I'm like I would understand it if if uh, they were like Mina, you shouldn't come. You you don't have any powers. You won't be able to help us. And she's like, I don't care. Right. And then and then Mina saves the day. That's the yeah. payoff for that. Yeah. Um. Uh, you could easily do the trope where, you know, the one, uh, quote unquote ordinary character ends up stepping up at the last minute. Mina squeezed back and smiled. Reitru felt her way to their hands and grabbed them. I get it now. Why my daddy and Sashomaru the Vampire Lord teamed up against me. My father just wants me dead, and Sashomaru wanted to stop the birth of the Kamimichi Shinto god. She layered her head on the cold rock wall behind her and faced towards the moon. I'm the key to keeping this world in the light and bringing the god back to this earth so it can mature and set things right. I don't think I- I don't really see how this all follows logically. <laughs> no, we're getting plot finally. Uh, this is what this story has been about all along, don't you understand? No. I don't think I'm the right one for the job, though. I've made too- I don't think you are either. <laughs> I've made too many mistakes, and I'm not even that enlightened. Why in the world did a god pick me and Inuyasha to sleep in? 
We're all still very young, Reichiru. You even still have maturing to do. Tenchikuzu, really rude to keep calling her angel garbage, uh, wouldn't have picked you if she didn't think that eventually you'd become the perfect mother for her and the whole world. Stop asking why and start doing. Even if you turn out to be unsuited for bringing and raising Elaine into this world, you are still a part of this story. You can be the person who turns things around and makes them right. Even if you're not the last person, oh, do it. What you do now will aid the next mother of God to keeping this world in the light and not letting it all shatter. Okay. Can we try and, like, figure out what what the plot is supposed to be at this point? She's still a part of this story. I don't even know where to start with this. So, I mean, first of all, I feel like Lei's dad and Shishomaru being in cahoots was not really that clear. It's a- it's actually only clear in um the fanime. In the, in the fanime, yeah. I don't think that's ever really implied before this point in the fanfic, right? Unless I'm like forgetting something. But they're mostly they mostly just take turns being the villain of the week. Yeah, uh, the fanime is very like a uh, third person omniscient. Right. So we get to actually see them like conspiring yeah but for the most part the fanfic is is limited so uh right we don't see them conspiring there are a few uh sentences or maybe paragraphs that might like vaguely allude to something that Rachel can't see or doesn't know about but um the thing is that like they've been completely ignoring shishomaru for like half the story now he hasn't mattered to yeah. the story in a long time yeah, um, if it wasn't for the fanime, I would have forgot he was even in this thing. Yeah, um, I mean, he's established as a villain very early on, but they never really do anything about him. Like, they talk about saving Kagome, but they never get around to it. Um, you know, they talk about, we've got to find Shishomaru's lair, but they never go. So he's not even really been treated seriously as a threat in the story, and he hasn't, I don't even think his name has come up for a long time in this. So I didn't have the sense that this was all, like, some conspiracy between him and Lei's dad. Absolutely not. Yeah. And, okay, so I guess Shishomaru knew somehow that they would be chosen to give birth to the next god. How did he know and that? Wanted... Yeah, how did he know that? Um, And he wanted to stop it from happening. Uh, obviously, he didn't. He didn't manage that, and I'm not even sure he tried all that hard, um, considering he hasn't been in the story all that much. Also, the the implication that it's now um, on they to to raise God is like, I mean, that sounds silly when I say it because it's like, yeah, well, she gave birth to her; she's her mother. Uh, but also, like, she gave birth to Elaine, and Elaine like immediately left. Yeah. Uh, she's basically barely been in Lei's custody at all. Like, Lei has not been parenting her daughter. And, I mean, the- we'll get to this, but the- the Fenome makes it a lot more clear. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you said this last week, uh, we do find out that the implication is supposed to be that when Elaine was born, she had, like, a moment of clarity where she was able to tell Lei who she is, um, etc. But then after that would re- revert back to being- like, a more developmentally normal child. Mm-hmm. But that hasn't been clear at all in this story. So I don't even get the sense, like, that this is just, like, a helpless baby who needs to be raised. 
Uh, because she she's basically fucked off for the whole story. The fanfic is very much the first draft, it feels like. And Absolutely. That's, uh, that's one of the big, like, inherent flaws with fanfiction that's posted, like, uh, incrementally online is that you don't get to go back and change stuff as you would when you're just writing a regular novel or story right if you're if you're posting serially uh there's a limited amount of revision you can do um it's still just odd that uh we're kind of told this when that was never something i would have assumed because i've been kind of led to believe the opposite it's like you know she did it she gave birth to god um it wasn't really clear that she now needs to parent god especially because um after her daughter was kidnapped she was then told like uh no sorry uh we won't help you find her because you're not a fit mother for her which is true (laughs) so this is the the point where any like regular storyteller would uh be like oh oh, okay i think it makes sense for uh rachel's dad and sashomaru to be working together and then they'd go back into other chapters and insert parts where they were uh, reference to be like working together or conspiring or or planning something but right you could easily go back and, and drop some hints uh to make this feel like a reveal um instead of just information that's dropped out of us uh, dropped on us out of nowhere at the last minute but that's why the fanime is just so much better in in telling a story is that like it, it is the second draft yes yes Rachel nodded and stood up you're right, Yuki. She gently felt the metal bands around the joints of her fake arms. Even if I'm destroyed in the end, I still need to do my part and not give up. Nyan! <laughs> she felt around the rocky wall until she hit a spot that seemed shallow. This is just a part of Silent Hill 2. Uh, she's <laughs> been putting a lot of survival horror in her story lately. This is also weird. Uh, Yuki has wings and there's a... Like, window with a grate in the ceiling. Yeah, but it's barred. Why don't they just try to get out? It's barred, though. It's no use. Yeah, just... (laughs) Okay, you two, you better stay away because I'm about to bust a hole in this. Can she do that? Oh, I thought you were going to make a sex joke, so I paused. No, I mean, she said bust a hole, not bust a (laughs) knife. I don't know what to expect with you. Uh, She kept on hand. (laughs) Okay. She kept on hand on the wall, and with her other hand, she made a fist. She tried to punch a hole through the well. Yuki, I'll need you to help me. Yuki stood- <laughs> This is gonna cause a cave-in. <laughs> Yuki stood behind her and began to bat her wings, concentrating all the energy from her wings onto one spot on the wall that Rachiru punched. She bolted through the wall, causing rocks from on top of them to fall on them. Uh, yep. <laughs> Yuki wrapped her wing around Mina and herself to protect them while Rachiru used her metal arms as an umbrella. Yuki and Mina stood in a big bright light that shone on their faces coming from a hallway through the hole. Oh, Rachiru! Mina cried. The skin on your arms is being torn off. Rachiru instinctively faced towards her arms, but she still couldn't see anything. It doesn't matter to me. I can always get that redone. But later, they marched out of there. I'm imagining them, like, actually marching. Holy my hand, Rachiru, Yuki said. You're going to fall into things if you don't. Thanks, Yuki, but I think I can be okay. Rachiru held her arms out and moved through the hallway. She walked for a while before she noticed that Yuki and Mina were being too quiet. Mina-chan? Yuki-chan? Where are we now? Mina's voice came from the far end of the room they were in quite and timid 
like a shy. Raytru, can't you feel them staring at you? Them? Raytru's heart began to race and a little. Who's them and are they dangerous? She got ready to fight. <sighs> I get what this is going for. I want to like it because, of course, there's a version of the scene that I do like, right? You know, a blind character goes on ahead, uh, realizes her friends have fallen behind her, and says, like, what's what's going on? Uh, where are we? And because she can't see, she doesn't realize that they have company. This, like, this could potentially be spooky, but uh, instead, like, that sentence is so incoherent when describing what Mina's doing when replying. Um, <laughs> and she says, can't you feel them staring at you? Which is like, no. <laughs> Yuki's voice came from within Reitru's head. One-chan. Mm. Does she mean One-chan? Because, I mean, it, it makes sense for her to call her that because um, they're sisters. But also, I thought... Yeah, I mean, is, is they older? We hadn't gotten that detail, but I'd go with it. I, I mean, I always imagined Yuki was older, but... I mean, that's just the impression I get. Also, uh, she's never called her One-chan before. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Also, it, it does say One-chan because uh, <laughs> there's only one E. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One-chan. I need to show you something. Let me into your mind so you can see what I'm seeing. And that's what Rachel did. Through Yuki's eyes, she could see that there were... Okay, so now she can just see? Why didn't she do this before? <laughs> It seems like this would have been really helpful to do earlier. Through Yuki's ease, she could see that there were rows and rows of incubator tubes filled with glowing green liquid. Inside those tubes were clones of Reitru. This is a part of Haunting Ground, um, so another survival horror. Uh, yeah. Most of them had their eyes closed, but some had their eyes open or slightly opened. I don't know if that means anything. <laughs> so I guess uh, she she's... An optimist. Mm -hmm. uh, every once in a while, one wouldn't have developed a were facing towards Reitru. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> that was very coherent. <laughs> I know. I know the word there is head. I don't know why or when it got deleted, but it is supposed to be head. So it's supposed to be every once in a while, one wouldn't have developed a head. But instead, it just says every once in a while, wouldn't have developed or facing towards Reitru. <laughs> Fanfiction.net is a functional website, and that's all I can say. Oh my god! Yuki! What are all these things doing here? Why would Sashomaru do this? Rachel buried her hand in her hands. <laughs> <laughs> and shook her head. The clones shook their heads back and forth in unison. That's some creepy imagery. I like that. That is, that is creepy. Um, I'm not really sure what to make of it, though. Well, damn, it seems as that you've found your little friends, a slender man in a- Oh my god, slender man? <laughs> a slender space man in a black outfit and white gloves. Slender man. <laughs> and white- <laughs> Slender man. <laughs> no, and w with an apron came out oh. <laughs> from between some of the tubes. You may call me Sebastian. I am a demon, but I'm also your surgeon. My- This is what the guy who did my appendectomy said to me. <laughs> My sir, <laughs> my surgeon, Rachel yelped. 
Yes, Evir since Sashomaru the Vampire Lord found out that you birthed the god of the Kami-mi-chi Shinto religion. He's been trying to figure out your molecular structure and physically recreate you so he can birth an anti-god. Ah, 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 ah. He laughed. Oh, Miss Reicheru, don't you think you can't sit down for a while? Have some tea? No, Reicheru grumbled. I need to find my daughter. <laughs> this is so weird. He's like... <laughs> Oh, it looks like you found my room with all the clones of you. Um, hi, I'm a demon. I'm also your surgeon. Um, anyway, so uh, an evil guy is is trying to clone you so that he can he can create an evil version of your daughter. Um, anyway, you wanna you wanna sit down for tea? No. She drew me out a long sword. Since when did she have that? It's her samurai sword. She often has <laughs> she it often with has it with her. Yeah, it's just like Tia. Oh dear, I nearly forgot. Sebastian took out a long banana from his pocket and barely... <laughs> okay, before before the typo was Winry was wearing a red banana on her head. I can understand that. I, I Okay, let me, let me just keep yeah. reading. Just read the sentence. Sebastian took out a long banana from his pocket and fiercely threw it at Yuki's head, successfully knocking her out. Then it bounced to Mina's head and knocked her out too. Great job, guys. Uh, oh, sorry. I didn't have anything else handy in my pocket. He giggled. The roller coaster I've been on trying to decipher the sentence. Okay, there's two possibilities. One yes. is that Rachel thinks that a boomerang is called a banana because it is sort of shaped like one. A little bit, I guess. The other possibility is that uh, he actually does take a banana and knock them out with a banana. And that's why he says, oh, sorry, I didn't have anything else handy in my pocket. But how the hell did he knock them out with a banana? Okay, I'm leaning option two. And do you, do you want to hear my logic? Why? What? Um, so, you know, this, this fic was written in the early 2010s. But this is the sort of thing that you would... Um, expect to see in like 2006-2007 um which was the peak of xd random humor on the internet um so you would often see very wacky things happening happening in fan fiction um and other like amateur works online such as someone taking out a banana from their pocket and wielding it as a boomerang with zero explanation <laughs> i think it's supposed to be a goof and it doesn't really land because we don't do those jokes anymore. <laughs> now that Yuki's knocked out, you're back to being blind, aren't you now? Yuki-chan! Mina-chan! Reichiru sighed and backed into a wall. Her voice became bold and angry, like the bull. All <laughs> the bull. There's only one. <laughs> you know the, the bull. <laughs> the bull. We, we all know. We know. <laughs> we know who that is. I'll rip myself to shreds before you two do. There is no other reason that I was given a lane besides the fact that she chose me. Making a clone of me will not solve your questions. What? Sebastian raised his eyebrow in questions. You were chosen? Oh, but there must be something inside your body that allows you to have the ability to hold such a foregan entity. Reitru shook her sad head back and forth. I am nothing more than a cat demon vampire. <laughs> oh, well, if it's that simple. <laughs> See, I was about to I was about to say I like this uh because, you know, it's dumb, but I do get like broadly what this is going for, mm -hmm. right? The whole thing where um 
the villain is trying to duplicate the ability that the hero has and it's like uh, what's what's their secret it must be something unique um about their biology and it's like no it's it has nothing to do with that at all like i was chosen on the strength of who i am as a person mm-hmm. um to do this except that they very much hasn't proved herself worthy yeah. of this like yeah. to the point where that's been explicitly called out in the story and she also is a vampire cat demon which seems like a fairly unusual combination so it's completely reasonable that they would think there's some biological reason she's capable of this and other people wouldn't be yeah i so it doesn't become like a silly villain's missing the point like it's not about uh what you are it's about who you are like type of moral yeah it's just like it's so muddled it, it doesn't help that it it keeps being like stated that uh Rachel is like inherently inherently got something bad about her and evil about her because she's a demon but like this this isn't the case at all um both because I, that's normally the moral that these kinds of stories have it's like it doesn't yes. matter what you are it's the decisions you make and stuff except like every uh every bad thing about Rachel, all the stuff that we've been saying that we hate about her that makes her a completely unsympathetic character and like so unlikable is the choices and decision that she's been making like right none of it really has anything to do with her being a a demon like um i could even be sympathetic to the you know she killed her mom thing except that she's kind of like unapologetic about it she's just like well it's not my fault it couldn't be helped and it's like well that's still something you would feel guilty for right and like torn up over and you would feel bad that you did that to your dad like especially as you get older and like grapple with the full weight of what you did like it would be natural for a character to blame themselves under that sort of circumstance, uh, mm-hmm. even if it's not their fault and there was nothing that could be done, as is the case here. Mm-hmm. Um, just the fact that she's not carrying any guilt at all and it's just like, yeah, well, you know, it just happened and there was nothing I could do. Yeah, it's whatever. It could happen yeah. again at any moment, but I'm not worried <laughs> I'm only about 17. It. <laughs> yeah. He licked his Lucius lips and rubbed his surgeon tools together in excitement. Well, you don't know everything. We'll find out. Rachel put her hand to her head and knelt to the floor. What's wrong? Sebastian asked. Oh, did you forget that your daddy is here somewhere watching? She began to shiver and cradle her head. You don't need to tell me that I can feel it. I hear him laughing. In my head, it sickens me so. She could the feel the world start to roll and pulsate her body twisting and turning and the rage building up in her heart. She let out a demonic meow. Her eyes glowed red and a whippy brown tail grew out of her butt. I really hope someone has some fancy feast on hand because <laughs> I recognize that noise. Uh... <laughs> I live with four cats, so... Uh, the uh, tail doesn't literally grow out of your butt. It's like the extension of the tailbone. <laughs> it's a little yeah, bit above. Um, I think there's I think there's a less awkward way to phrase that. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh... You could just say she grew a tail. We understand where <laughs> yeah, tails grow from. I would assume, unless it's, like, otherwise stated that the tail, like, grows uh, right. from the Especially end of Right, especially when you're saying a brown tail yeah. grew out of someone's butt. It's, it sounds euphemistic. <laughs> I don't think that's a tail. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> black wings came out of her black, and she snarled like the devil. Sebastian looked shook, and in one fell swoop, <laughs> she slammed her fist into the wall, causing rocks to fall down and break the incubator tubes the clones were in. All of the clones fell to the ground and began to crawl out, meowing. 
That's actually... <laughs> I, I actually do think that's creepy, but... Yeah, I'm not sure if it's intended as creepy or not, but... It might be intended to be sexy, I don't know. <laughs> that makes it creepier. Those incubator tubes are constantly being filled and replaced with water, you know? This whole damn Why? room is flooding. Why would it be water? They're also like... It said green liquid. What kind of water do you have that's green? Right, I assumed it was some sort of weird science fiction solution in there. Not not just water. Sebastian yelled. He ran out of the door and tried to lock Rachel inside. Many of the clones dissolved into the hollow floor and became dust, not frightening Rachel. How? Yeah, because she couldn't <laughs> see it. <laughs> yeah, she didn't she didn't see it. Um, but <laughs> why are the clones dissolving? I guess cuz they're not complete. Uh, <laughs> I I I guess. I don't know. I feel like that's a pretty common, like, thing in science fiction. It's like, if, if like, the clones or, or something is not complete yet, they, like, dissolve when they when they come in contact with, like, the air. I'm just assuming. I but... cannot think of any example of that. Others just fell to the floor, stood up, and stood there. <laughs> <laughs> what? But one clone came towards Rachel. She smiled. They can't see this. The clone spoak in a dark, almost robotic voice. I know where our daughter is. Okay. Alright, um, shall we just get, get on to the next chapter? Uh-huh. Like, I feel like there's more we could say about that. This but... is, this is our last sex scene. Oh, oh yeah. Um, this is chapter 28 and it opens with another hentai warning. Hentai warning, there's an explanation for it, but it's kind of hidden. It is not like, hidden <laughs> at all. It's absolutely not hidden. It's literally just... No, Siobhan, like symbolism, it's... she says. <laughs> like symbolism. It's like symbolism. No, it's not, It's not though. symbolism, but it's it's like it. Trust me, it's like symbolism. Thank you for the wait. I had like half of it done for a long time, but the Fanime is taking up so much of my time and school. I think she should dedicate all her time to working on the Fanime because it's so much better. <laughs> yeah, drop out of school. I also don't understand what she means by thank you for the wait. <laughs> I, I think she means thank you for waiting. But... <laughs> thank you for the wait. Thank you for the wait. Chapter 28. Caramelized tears of blood. <laughs> Weird image. Nechete could only feel the clone's hands rest upon her shoulders, but she knew it was a clone because her voice sounded exactly like hers. You're willing to help me? They rested her metal hands on her clone shoulders. Only as much as you're willing to help yourself, she said with a mysterious voice, like a sword shayithed in a hilt hidden from the eye. I can't even talk about that simile being bad because there's one coming up that just completely blows my my brain. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I would take this one over the one that's coming up any day. I think I at least understand what this one means but you could just say you know like a like a concealed weapon mm -hmm. they shook her head frustrate frustrated and confused what do you mean i've been trying to help myself but you know my where my baby girl is please help me you mean our baby girl no 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 <laughs> not really from the next walls came a rattle and a shake Daichidu could hear Yuki's voice above the wind, faintly crying like raindrops upon a tin roof of a shed. Siba, she heard her cry. <laughs> what is he doing to her? I have no time for this. You have to tell me where my daughter is so I can save Yuki and get Tenshikuza back. Why don't you go, just go save Yuki? 
<laughs> I'm coming for you. Be careful. Don't worry about her. She's knee deep in it. The clone said lowly. <laughs> well, this sounds like I should be more worried. The only way you can get your daughter back is if you learn to love. They said his eyes sparkled. Uh, sparked. I know how to love, but you don't lo love everyone. The Claude put her hand on Deichedi's eyeless cheeks. She has eyes. She has glass <laughs> eyes. Yeah. Um, also, your eyes aren't in your cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> you need to learn to love yourself. She closed her eyes and went in for a kiss. Their lips met like the whip on the ass of a submissive beast boy. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> Like, Beast Boy from Teen Titans? <laughs> I don't know. I'm unfamiliar with this bit of Teen Titans lore. <laughs> I just... I'm also confused by the simile because it implies that the um, clone is being fairly aggressive. You know, if her kiss is being compared to a whip. She's just smashed her face against Ray's. Yeah. I've never loved myself before. Not like this. They said his ears began to twitch uncontrollably. Do I have to do this? <laughs> She's like, wow, I've never been fucked by my own clone before. <laughs> like, damn, that's crazy. Uh, can you tell what the hidden message is yet? Mmm, I have no idea. What could it possibly, uh, mean? Well, what could the symbolism of this be? They did kind of literally just say it, but I have no idea. <laughs> it's kind of hidden. Yeah. It's, you know, it's very literary, so it's a little over my head. We're going to love us hard. The clone took Leitedu by the neck and pushes her up against the cold steel wall. This will bring more love into your heart. She snaked her hand up Leitedu's belly and to her chest to gently squeeze her bob. Leitedu accepted her own advances and hugged the clone. The rubbed noses and continued kissing, their hot, soggy breath blowing on their delicate skin. Leitedu put her hands on her clone's butt and rubbed it furiously. I never realized how nice my ass was, they laughed. See, you can love yourself. Now find out what you love about your face. Uh, can I just, like, can I, uh, can I interrupt here? Um, I didn't think this was a problem that they needed to deal with. If I'm thinking, like, what are the issues that this character has? Like, what are her flaws as a person? I'm not thinking, like, oh, she, she doesn't love herself. Yeah, um, I... I think she has pretty good self-esteem from what, what we've uh, seen of her, like, this entire uh, story. She does always uh, stick up to herself, even in situations where she is not the one in the right and yeah. her actions aren't justified. Yeah. Um, she's honestly very self-centered, um, to the point where she often forgets about the stuff going on in the lives of the other characters, even if it's major stuff like Kagome getting fucking kidnapped mm -hmm. and they just forgot, because... She was busy. She also kind of did forget about her daughter so she could have a Christmas episode. Yes. And also, like, I guess, feel sorry for herself for a few months while her daughter was kidnapped, so. Right, so I don't get the sense that this is this is a character who needs to, to learn to like herself more, to have better self-esteem or whatever. And if it's more about, um, if it's more about learning to appreciate, like, your physical body, like, obviously she's gone through a lot of, uh, very traumatic changes to her body yep, recently. but this has nothing but to do that with that. hasn't, right, this has nothing to do with that. That hasn't been a big struggle of hers, and the fanfic has made it extremely clear, um, how hot 
she is, and we've never gotten the impression that she has poor self-esteem. Yeah. I mean, like, I have no objection to this type of scene if it's appropriate for the character, if it would, like, mean something. But this isn't, this isn't, like, a cathartic moment where the yeah. character finally learns to love themselves. It's like, that that just wasn't an issue that she had. <laughs> See, you can love yourself. Now find out what you love about your face. They took the kissed her clone all over the face and right on the tip of her nose. I love my nose and my lips. She kissed her slough again. She placed her hands neatly over her bumpy tits. Why are her tits bumpy? <laughs> she should get that checked out. I don't know. I mean... At first, maybe I was thinking, like, like her her nipples, like, uh... I think she needs you know, to go like to the if, doctor. If, if her hair's standing on end because she's, she's naked, um, like, you know, if she has, like, some, some goosebumps from that or something. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If it's, if it's the whole tit, that's a little weird. It's both tits. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just, like, consult with a dermatologist just in case. Uh-huh. I remind me of my mom. I miss her. Um, um yeah i don't want to unpack that <laughs> if i found the scene titillating at all that line would have just completely um just ruined it for me completely killed it yeah yeah um also why did if you miss her so much why did you kill her <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like i don't know maybe the other angle this could work from is like um you know if if they needs to take a moment uh now that she has become a mother herself to like reflect back on her relationship with her mother uh come to terms with what happened uh start to like process her role and all that make peace with it uh this is not the way to do that <laughs> um having this be the way to do that raises some really bizarre and uncomfortable implications no there there's a really uh, this is a really important scene um <laughs> There's an explanation for it, but it's kind of hidden, like symbolism. Mmm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wonder what it could be. We'll have to keep reading. She then ran the surface of her face over the surface of her, the belly and back up to the head. She suddenly felt her clone's twig-like fingers surrounding the outside of her cave-like eels trying to get in. She did things to her, and it mildly hurt. You know, things. She did things. Meow, they jittered squeaked. That kind of hurt. It's called tough love. The clone deviously smiled. You haven't loved all of yourself yet. Is this clone, like, implying that she's never jacked off? <laughs> I guess she hasn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at 17, I guess that would give you some issues. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. No, you gotta, you gotta read this next part. Haven't I? They to the side. You need to love our ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we've solved it. This this was Nate's problem all along was that she didn't appreciate her. <laughs> but own you need ass. you need to read the dialogue okay, tag okay. with this. With a big grin bending over, she said That's the end of the sentence. <laughs> no, you have been in that test tube for a long time. Tension kids it only knows what's in there. It's her ass <laughs> It's dirty, it's an ass. It's gonna be dirty. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's been in a test tube. It's an ass. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, yeah. Um, they said they quivered like a marionette. I like that Sure, simile. that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That, yeah. Sure, that sounds good. 
She just said... She said no, but then she said, sure, that sounds good. <laughs> no, who said, sure, that sounds good? I, okay, I, I, I think maybe she's going for, like, Tenshikuzu only knows what's in there, and then, and then someone responds, like, sure, that sounds good. It's like a snarky reply, but if that's the case, it makes it sound like she liked the fact that she brought up her daughter while they were having sex? Okay, now, th- I mean, that's not how I'm reading it, because here, what I what I think this is, I think they says both of these lines, because uh, in the second <laughs> one, um, there's the dialogue tag, and then the comma, and then the dialogue, uh, which would imply that they says, sure, that sounds good. So I think maybe what it's going for is that she initially protests, like, I don't know where your ass has been, uh, but then is like, okay, whatever, I'll do it. Um, sure, that sounds good. Better to just acquiesce and go along with it. Or maybe she is, like, actually a little into it. Um, this is, um... But just put up an initial protest. I- I'm just thinking of that Gur clip, like, that, I don't wanna! Yeah. <laughs> okay! <laughs> that's kind of what I... That's kind of how I'm reading it, too. I think this is more, like, um, uh, mid-late 2000s, uh, type, like, random internet humor where, um... You have a, a character have a have a big negative reaction and th- and then immediately go back on it and that's mm. the joke, <laughs> I guess. But then her clone exploded. Her head flew off in a grousome way, and rolled over to the other side of the floor. Holy shit! They said this heart rate went up. Reminder: she can't see this. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure she would be able to tell that something had happened. She's not seeing the imagery of the the head flying off and rolling across the floor. It's fine, though. She walked over to the clone's head. The clone's lips parted to talk. How does she know where the head is to walk (laughs) over? Whatever. Your little girl is right above us on the surface of the earth. Thank you for loving you. (laughs) Her head broke down to a million little pieces and flew away. (laughs) Flew away? (laughs) Flew away. Okay, so at first, when her head, when the clone exploded and her head flew off, um, I assumed that, like, someone had sniped her. Um, I was, like, half expecting Alucard to, like, show up, right? <laughs> that would have been, that would have been a lot better. Uh, but instead, it's like, no, like, this clone fulfilled her purpose and just, like, exploded. Alucard comes to save Mina, because they had such a good date. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um... But it's it's like the clone has fulfilled her purpose because because she was like, you need to love our ass. And they was like, no way. All right. <laughs> and that did it. <laughs> like, all right. It's like they before you can be worthy of raising God, uh, you need to fix your issues. Um, number one is that you don't appreciate your own butt enough. <laughs> they took took this opportunity to break down the walls to save Yuki. As she burst through the door, she screamed, Yuki, are you okay? As the wall crumbled, she could see Yuki on the other side. Sebastian was busily piling food after food into Yuki's mouth. She (laughs) was covered in cake and frosting and pudding. (laughs) What's going on in here? What do you call this? It's not an inflation (laughs) fetish. Feederism? I don't know, when, when, like, someone has a fetish for making their partner eat a lot of food so that they'll put on weight? I guess. It's the closest thing I can think of. <laughs> Bizarre. I think maybe we need to leave. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, I'll just let myself out. Yeah. Oh, Kami, 
Yuki wiped off her mouth. He wouldn't stop fe feeling me this shit. But I actually kind of like it. We need to find your daughter. <laughs> Good for her. She discovered something about herself today. Yeah, um, kind of a weird time though. Like, maybe we can explore this one later, guys. Sebastian looked at Yuki longingly, shyly pulling at his gloves. Can I come too? I could not have predicted this twist, but this is hilarious. <laughs> they just meet this, like, random, like, demon surgeon guy. He's just like, oh, it turns out there's nothing special about you? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna go... I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm gonna go, um, explore my newfound fetish, which is- which is feeding dessert to angels. <laughs> like, alright. Good for you, I guess. I- I don't know. Of course. She grabs Sebastian and they took his hand. We're going through the roof. They took the- prepare to punch it into oblivion. They all rocketed off the ground and burst through a mile of cement and goiter. They all tumbled out onto the earth. A mile. Mm-hmm. A mile. Mm-hmm. The underground room they woke up in had a window. <laughs> yeah. On the ceiling. Yeah. What? What's? But what, they're what's actually a mile yeah. underground. Yeah. What? What's the problem? Yeah, that that all makes uh, complete sense. I'm just making sure that everyone noticed. Sebastian stood up and and dusted himself off. I didn't like working for that freak anyway. <laughs> well, well, well. How the fuck did you guys end up all the way out here? It was Shishomaru, the vampire lord, and he was at a table with a figure under a sheet on it. The sheet was bloodstained with sadness and death. And blood. <laughs> yeah, I think mostly with blood, actually. <laughs> I've had enough of you all, and my surgeon slash butler betrayed me. He took out a scythe and spun it around. Let's part. Okay, bye. <laughs> Alright. He nimbly ran up to Deitadu. Yuki threw out her wing and uplifted Shishomaru the Vampire Lord into the sky. As he sailed through the air like a white butterfly. And as he came down, he landed on Deitadu's shoulders, slashing her on the cheek with his scythe. How, how big is it? <laughs> Sounds like that'd be a lot more, uh... <laughs> just her cheek. Whatever. You know, her eyeless cheek. <laughs> just her cheek. She just got... Lightly scraped across the cheek. Mm -hmm. She kept. She kicked up her leg and smacked him right on the node, breaking it and causing blood to squirt out. Ag, you bitch! I'll rip your ass out. <laughs> oh, her ass, which she just realized she likes. Mm -hmm. Too bad you weren't with me earlier. She smiled and threw a punch at him. You didn't do anything with your ass earlier. <laughs> yeah. Your clone yeah. exploded. <laughs> no, but your was there anyway. <laughs> What? Good one. <laughs> you want to try that one again, buddy? Don't be sorry! <laughs> Shishomaru slapped Deitadu right on the forehead. He went in for another slap, and she caught his ham. <laughs> so they're just having a slap fight. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're fighting like, like middle school girls. <laughs> <laughs> they're fighting like that one slapping sequence in Final Fantasy VII. I'll take your word for it. Party is over. She coolly looked at him, with eyes like a silent river. She reached out and wrapped her fingers around Shishomaru's cranium. She snapped his head to the right side, breaking his neck. She wiggled his head around a bit until the bones were disconnected, and then ripped his head off and threw it anyway. A violent waterfall of blood gushed from his neck hole. Quickly, they took the rush to the body on the table. 
She lifted up the sheets, and sure enough, Elaine was there. She looked pale and peaceful. No! Nishidu snatched her up in her arms. Blood tears ran over her supple cheeks. She caressed the side of Elaine's face and gently rubbed it with her thumb. Yuki came up behind Reitudu and held her shoulders. She's still alive, Lei-chan. Okay, let's take her home. Listen, let's take her home. Let's provide her a good home. I'm glad they held that tension for, um, oh wait, they didn't hold that tension. She's yeah. alive. Uh, what Just... if she was, what if she was dead and, uh, Reitudu used her powers to bring people back to life? Uh, to yeah, her, her powers that that were established that she has in yeah. a very early chapter that haven't been relevant at all since. Yeah, and and Elaine would be like, "You gave me life once, and then you gave me life again," or or like, "I gave you life, then you gave me life, then you gave me life again." I don't know. Uh, right, right, or or something, or something like, um, you know, uh, you didn't have um a choice in carrying me, uh you know, as, as a pregnancy, uh, but you did, you did have the choice to bring me back to life or not, and you made the right choice. Yeah, it, it, um, it could you know? be, it could be kind of poetic, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's something you could do there, um, you know, it's like, you don't, you don't choose to have the specific child, but you do choose to, um, you know, keep them alive, that's the, that's the parenting part that she hasn't been yeah. doing until this yeah. point. You know, I think, I think you could make that work, I think you get something out of that, but instead it's like, no, she, she's just fine, actually. Yeah, she's fine. And this whole thing is so anticlimactic. It's like, uh, we've just gotten the reveal that Shishomaru's, like, um, been in cahoots with Lei's dad the whole time, which makes him into a much bigger villain than he's been in the story so far. Uh, like, he's just kind of shown up in a couple chapters before this, um, even though we're supposed to think he's, he's like, a big deal. He hasn't, he hasn't done much of anything except kidnap, uh, Kagome, um, and... Then they have like this, uh, this like sixth grade ass slap fight, uh, before they just grabs his head and tears it off. Uh huh. And then she immediately rushes to her daughter, who's who's fine. I don't understand. She doesn't like appear to be like even hurt at all. So I don't know why the sheets were blood stained. I guess he doesn't wash his sheets very often. <laughs> I don't know. He's a vampire. Maybe he's he spilled some blood when he was having a little drink. Yuki wiped the tears from Deitudu's face. You're rigged, Deitudu said. I haven't been much of a mom since she was born. No kidding. Yeah. And to think, I nearly lost her. Hey guys! Mina-chan was waving her head at the foursome. <laughs> waving her head. <laughs> I have a boat, we can all go back home. Let's go, Deitudu said as she carried Elaine onto the boat. She just has a boat. She just has a boat. That's really convenient. Also, oh, <laughs> we all forgot Mina was there. I was gonna say, like, okay, so Mina does get her little, like, Mina saves the day moment, but it's just confusing. Where did Wait. she get the boat? Okay, um, let's go back a little bit. Uh, so, yes. Mina was knocked out by, uh, Sebastian. Yes. And then, uh, I guess she is... She just presumably stays knocked out on the floor. Yeah, so I guess... Because we kind of forgot about what was happening happening with, um... No, no, it says... It says... She she grabbed Sebastian and Rachel's hand, and then they rocket off the ground and bust through a mile of cement, cement and goiter. Um... So, yeah, <laughs> how, did, how Mina did Mina get there. out? They, le they left her. <laughs> I want to know Mina's side of this. I feel like she has the most interesting story here. She's she's the real hero. She found the boat. Uh-huh. 
and and she escaped the uh, mile long uh, underground lair. Right. I right, guess right. we don't know how. Uh, the power of optimism, I guess. Let's go, Leitendu said as she carried Elaine onto the boat. Yuki looked toward Sebastian and then quickly looked away. She spoke softly, like a gentle whisper. Do you really want to come with us? Sebastian smiled and blushed. Of course I do, he said. I want to feed you more cake. And that's the end of this chapter. We only have two more chapters. Okay, so we're saving those for next uh, next time, right? Yeah, uh... I, I was assuming we would because we have a lot to cover uh, in the episode this week. This is the longest episode yet, I think. And uh, yes. it is the last one. Yes. Okay. So um, let's take a break and then get to the episode, I suppose. Yep. All right. We will uh, see you after the break. And then we will come back and we will cover episode 10 of the Blood Raining Night Fanime. We'll catch you after the break. We're back. We are back. All right. So episode 10 of Blood Raining Night, the final episode. Uh, the opening is slightly different. And, it um, is. The animation has improved to a point where I'm kind of proud of Rachel. Like, there's an incredibly impressive, and I say impressive, uh, considering that this whole thing is done in Windows Movie Maker and MS Paint. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, uh, the sequence of, of Rachel's father creeping towards her in the darkness. It, it looks kind of like rotoscoping. Um, I don't know if it is or not, but it's a cool style. I mean, it's sloppy, but that's kind of the yeah. charm to it. And, and his hands, like, reaching out. Uh, Rachel wakes up as this was a nightmare and her scream is part of the song. It's oddly creative. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot more, um, effort being made to integrate the animation with the song and this opening mm -hmm. uh compared to the first one and even i think compared to the second one although the second one did um sync up with the song more uh-huh uh this this feels like the darker version of the second opening um in the in the same way that a lot of uh a lot of anime will will switch to a second opening uh you know halfway through a season and it's it's uh it's a darker intro sequence now uh reflecting you know, more heavy events taking place in the plot. Like Yu-Gi-Oh! GX Season 3, fucking incredible. Teardrop <laughs> by Bowl, absolutely fucking incredible uh, sequence change. If you know what mm. I'm talking about, you know. But if I you don't. don't, if you don't know, I'm not talking to you. If, <laughs> if yes, you, you are. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, then you know. But if you don't know, then you can't even imagine how good the Yu-Gi-Oh! GX Season 3 opening is. Anyway, so... Uh, yes. Elaine and the god of the Shinto Kamimichi holding hands. This is the imagery we get. The silhouette of some... Are, are we moving on from the opening already? I had another thing I wanted to say about no, it. No, this is the opening. Okay, okay. The, it's the imagery. Like, we get the imagery of the of Elaine and the god of the Shinto Kamimichi holding hands. The yeah, image. yeah. A silhouette of some fighting. Some gore splattering. Rachel laughing. Covered in blood. Like, uh, cool, cool imagery. Yeah. There is a um, a weird image of Rachel and Yuki naked and chained together, which I don't like because they're sisters, but I 
I, I don't think Rachel meant for it to be sexual, and I understand. Uh, what oh no, yeah, I don't. For. I don't think it's supposed to. I don't think it's supposed to imply anything about their relationship. I think it's just. Um, yeah, I don't like it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, but it's it's not something that I I view as that weird in the context of an anime opening. Yeah. <laughs> like I get where she got this from. It's gotten to the point where, while the artwork is still bad, uh, I need to keep saying this, uh, the particularly bad drawings stand out because, like, yes. they're usually so much more passable. And this bad drawing is, like, Rachel with, like, blood coming out of her mouth and her hand, like, re- reaching up. It's just really bad. And this, um, this image is kind of pasted around in other stills in this opening. Yeah. And it's really noticeable because she looks so awkward. It really does, yeah. I like this whole opening a lot. Like, um, you know, I think in general the opening sequence of a show is supposed to give you a solid idea of what the show is about. It's supposed to set the tone, Mm -hmm. uh, capture the mood, etc. And this absolutely does so for Blood Raining Night. I'm prepared. I am ready. I got the vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know what's fucking going on uh, when I see this. Uh, So I think... This is the best opening. Uh, this is Blood Raining Night to me. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, the peak of Blood Raining Night. and Absolutely. It, it, it's it's both um, a good thing and a shame that uh, this fanime kind of ended at its peak. Yeah, quit while you're ahead, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but There's imagery of Rachel's father looming large in the background. He has angel wings and there's a pair of red eyes behind him as Rachel and Delane huddle together in fear. I guess right. this could mean something or maybe not. It, but... it definitely has the suggestion of some sort of menace and conflict that's going on. Then out of nowhere, there's like a motivational poster. It looks like mm-hmm. a, a Rachel crying tears of blood with her friend's faces in the place where her heart should be and, and some text saying the only thing that will save us is love. Hmm. And then Elaine holds on to Rachel as her father, a scary silhouette with sharp teeth, waves his arms like he's some sort of bat creature. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it zooms into her terrified face. Uh, again, at this point, he hasn't really done anything that evil, at least not anything anything that's like acknowledged as evil as part of the narrative. Uh, kind of the main thing that he's done, um, and this hasn't even been in the, um, in the Faname, but... Uh, Kind of his main action in the entire fanfic is uh, trying to marry Lucy. That's that's like his his one scheme that he has. I forgot to mention this, but uh, before the opening even starts, like at the beginning, there's an image of Rachel naked, covered in bandages, like, and um, she's got those uh, fake arms on her, and there's a bunch mm-hmm. of like arms scattered around. Uh, this is probably the best drawing that Rachel has ever done. Yeah. It's all the it's all the extra arms that had to be brought because um, Winry didn't know her size. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, and I say this with I think she probably traced it. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, a base was definitely used for this. <laughs> but because the anatomy is way beyond what she's capable of. Yeah, but you know. But I'll take it. So more imagery like a bloody rose, and then some text that says, "You can't control me anymore, Daddy." <laughs> he never controlled her. Uh, there's yeah. a, a baby Rachel wrapped up like some sort of infant mummy. And she has demon wings. Words mm-hmm. that say pain will never end. And the awkward uh, Rachel's face 
pasted over it again and text that says demons are all around you. And then um, <laughs> some scenes from this episode and former episodes, but with like a crappy Windows Movie Maker effect and filter over it. I, I yeah, I think she got lazy towards this opening's end. Um, but yeah, it all adds to the vibe, though. Um, so do you have anything else to say about the opening? I think that that pretty much covers it. It's um, it's delightful. I think uh, if you just want a basic understanding of what Blood Raining Night is, you just need to watch the sequence, and you'll understand it as much as anyone does. Mm-hmm. You know, which is which is not much understanding at all. But so uh, starting with the actual episode, um, we pick up with Elaine's birth. This scene has like an impressive, and again, I say impressive for an MS Paint and Windows Movie Maker yeah. animation uh, grasp on like the lighting effects that it's going for. And in unlike in previous scenes, it's compensating properly between frames to make that work at the same time as the lip syncing. So, you know, kudos. Yeah. Elaine tells Reichiru that she is the god of the Shinto Kamimichi and that she was formed from the union of Rei and Inuyasha and that they were made meant to find each other. Um, Rei replies that Inuyasha is dead and Elaine mm-hmm. says, no worries, mommy, there is a way we can, but we don't get to find out what that way is or what she's going to say because uh, she suddenly rapidly de-ages into a toddler and falls right. into Reichiru's arms. Right, the moment of clarity has passed. She is back to being... A baby. Uh, her size is, like, not consistent at all throughout this episode. Um, oh, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm looking at a still right now that, um, shows her as kind of maybe, like, three feet tall. Uh. Yeah. As, as Rachel is holding her. But then in a later scene, she's small enough to fit under Rachel's shirt. Um, yeah. Between her so... breasts. But I, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, well, there's nothing consistent about the size of those either, so <laughs> it's hard to say. Time continues, Cora is confused, Rachel right. is not concerned, she just is like, yeah, Elaine is a god, and then she orders the duck. Mm-hmm, same as the fanfic. Elaine is hanging off the edge of the table by her mouth, so she's- Yeah, off. and there's the, the one uh, waitress who's like uh, <laughs> the most uncomfortable character to look at. I didn't even know what to say about that. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say about it either. Um, I just know I didn't like it. So Rachel goes back to school with Elaine under her shirt, and she's like, uh, I need to pretend to still be pregnant because I don't want anybody knowing Elaine exists yet. Um, yeah. I, I don't understand how she's going to keep up that ruse. Uh, I, but... I also don't know why um, why she would have to. I, I don't get why she can't just say, like, yeah, I give birth and just pretend that the baby is a normal baby and obviously she's not going to take her out with with her to school and shit like she goes to yuki for advice elaine meows and squishes between rachel's boobs and her boobs make a horrible sound (laughs) yeah yeah just not a sound that boobs should make at all um it's it's like a it's it's a horrid like wet squelching noise (laughs) um Reichiru meets up with Yuki outside the school, and Yuki tells Reichiru that she must have been chosen to take care of the god of the Shinto Kamimichi. And um, we get the same lore drop from Yuki that we got from Sashomaru this episode. 
about the previous incarnation of the god being killed, and uh, Yuki says that um, she d talks about the killing of the god and how, like, he was actually a deity sent to make things better, but killing the god, and this is, uh, in her words, uh, really fucked yep. things up. It really fucked things up. So it's it's basically the same thing we, we just got from the... We've never seen this side of Yuki before, but I, I really <laughs> like the, um, the concept of, like, a... I mean, she's an angel, and when relating, like, this uh, cosmically terrible thing that happened, she uses the phrase, really fuck things up. <laughs> yeah, I really like <laughs> That's that. It's inherently <laughs> funny. It kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and Yuki's always, like, very, like, uh, soft-spoken. She's yeah. the voice of reason in the story. Yeah. Uh, so just, just to have her drop that line, um, again, in, like, a very calm, even tone is just, it's quite funny. I liked it. Uh, Min-chan appears behind a tree and is angry at, L at Elaine for being too kawaii to be just human. <laughs> and then Sensei Hanayubi calls Reichiru to uh, tell her about Mina getting amnesia from uh, watching Pokemon. And again, we have the joke where it's like, oh, you think that he's being perverted, but actually it's just the show making these jokes. Right, because the thing is, Hanayubi sounds so menacing on the phone yeah. that it actually took me a moment to realize it's him. Uh, he doesn't say who he is on the phone. Um, he is phrasing things in a very disturbing manner. Yeah. Uh, and and speaking in, like, a creepy, menacing tone throughout this whole phone conversation. It, you know, it, defini it definitely, like, sounds like he's about to hit her with a ransom demand or something, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. it's it's really alarming. Uh, but they just respond on the phone like everything is fine and normal. And doesn't, it's not even clear until after she hangs up that she gets the issue that Mina has amnesia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mina arrives at school and asks Mean Chan what she's supposed to do with her textbook. Mm -hmm. uh, mean Chan tells her that she's supposed to use it as toilet paper and says to herself, I'm such a dick. Uh, <laughs> in, in this scene, uh, Mina actually blushes at Mean Chan. Uh, this is actually a ship. Uh, <laughs> between the many fans of Blood Raining Night. Uh, well, that's that's delightful news. <laughs> I've seen fan art of them before. That rules. Yeah, um, but yeah, I ship it. Yeah, why not? In class, Sensei Hanayubi says he's going to be teaching them history, <laughs> because history is good for you, even though it's a math class, but they were learning history in a previous episode and nobody objected. Um, <laughs> Hanayubi just shows up every day and does whatever. Uh, just like in the fanfic, despite knowing that Mina has amnesia, he calls on her to answer the Bay of Pigs question. She messes yes. up and runs out of the room crying. Uh, Reitru... Right, this is, this is ex essentially exactly the same scene from the Yeah, Reitru attempts to stand up for her, I guess, by shouting, SHUT UP, DICKS! But it doesn't really do anything. <laughs> I can, I <laughs> at least appreciated her trying, though. Yeah. Um, um... I, I do like that she attempted to stick up from for her friend like that that's setting the bar so so low but this is this is they tip that we're talking about there's also a, a an attempt at foreshortening mm -hmm. <laughs> um with rachel gripping the desk so like i mean it's yeah. much it's much better than foreshortening uh attempts previously and even though it is bad it's like i can see genuine improvement i i mentioned there's at least an idea of how you would draw this scene right 
even if the the technical capability is not there. Uh huh. Rachel knows what this is supposed to look like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and has made an attempt. I can tell what I'm looking at, unlike yes. in, in the earlier episodes. In like episode three, I think I mentioned that um, there was an absolutely horrible attempt at foreshortening on Sashomaru's arm, and this is a lot uh, better. And I think you mentioned an, att- an attempt at foreshortening um, in uh last week's episode two which is like foreshortening is not easy yeah uh last week i was i think i was talking about the foreshortening in the um end credits uh one of the end credits images uh which we get again this week Mm -hmm. uh which again like it's it's not like a technically well-drawn picture but you look at it and you know what it's going for Uh uh-huh so that's i don't know that's big progress uh it may seem like we're we're damning this with faint praise, but like it sincerely has come a long way. Uh, Honeybee takes uh, Mina to the janitor's closet to dry her tears, and uh, again, the joke is that we think he's a pervert, but it turns out he's not. Um, right, because then we have a shot like outside. Yeah, the yeah, closet. And, and there's these squishy sounds, like, and he's like, "Am I doing this right? I've never done this." Right, before. he's like, "It's I haven't done this before." Um, and then we see inside, and he's just literally like drying her face with a sponge. He's like slapping a sponge against her face. So again, it, this type of joke is is bad. It's the same yes. thing as like, oh, you thought someone was going to get hate crime, but turns out they were just being nice. And it's like, that's right. not funny. It's like, okay, imagine uh, a joke where like, there's a middle-aged man at a uh, a middle school and he's, and he's holding some girl's underwear. And then you find out that he's... He, is just a father who came to uh, bring his daughter clean underwear because she had her period at school or something right. like that. Right, or it's I'm like, thinking about, like, um, those jokes where it's like, uh, you know, a boy tells his dad that he's gay and his his dad is like, uh, absolutely not. Uh, you can't be gay and dress like that. We're going to get you some fashionable clothes. Like, oh, yeah, those <laughs> jokes suck so You know, that, that set, it, set it up so that you think the parent is about to have this horrible homophobic reaction. This kid might be in danger now. Um, and it turns out that they're supportive and that's the joke. Yeah, awful joke. Uh, like setting you up to have this like panic fear response. Yeah. Um, that That's exactly yeah, the kind it's, of joke that it is. It's mean-spirited. It's... It's not funny. I don't like that that shit, but... <laughs> but, I mean, at least he's not literally a pedophile like he is in the fanfic. Right, and at the at the same time, like, I do have to say the reveal that he's just literally slapping a sponge against his uh, her face, like, does recontextualize the I've never done this before comment in a way that is funny. It's like, oh, he has no idea how to comfort someone. Like, he just, <laughs> yeah. he's just an idiot. He thinks the right way to deal with a crying student is to take her to the janitorial closet so that he can wipe her tears away with a sponge. <laughs> like that is so stupid, but it's it's funny. Yeah, th- there's a there's a joke there that could work and and the actual like imagery of him using a sponge to dry her tears and just kind of smacking it against her face is funny. Right. But... When we get the reveal that that's what's happening, like I did I did like chuckle like Yeah. <laughs> I just don't like that joke yeah, setup. Yeah, yeah. The but setup is bad, this is, the joke is This is, is still good. a pretty funny um, execution for, for what it is. 
Um, okay, so all the girls, they meet outside, and Mina's still sad, but Sensei apologizes apologizes to Mina and, and gives her a ball of mochi. Again, I don't know why that was in his pocket. Not really something you carry around in your pocket, but okay. A little weird, but I, I think we've established that this guy is, like, nuts, so whatever. I'm not questioning anything he does anymore. Yeah. Um... Rachel, Yuki, and Mina talk about uh, getting Mina's memory back, and Yuki tells them that Elaine can't do anything because, uh, and she explains what we talked about before that, like, when she was right. born, she had a moment of clarity, but then she rapidly de aged, and now she has the mind of a child, and she has to, right. like, grow into her power now. Right. So she's not going to be able to help Mina. And uh, she says that they can go to see the witch, Luca Megadine. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we get a scene with the. Uh, Luca with Rachel's father and Lucy and uh yes this was interesting yeah and and Luca states uh her plan well I mean first she asks I'm getting paid right which I imagine was just like the voice actress um (laughs) asking this to Rachel (laughs) I don't know I did look her up she that's funny I did try to look her up yeah I did look her up Sienna the rabbit um she makes ruby OCs and uh I don't know, Homestuck fan art and Homestuck, okay. Homestuck fan trolls hasn't updated in a while, but um, that's what some people were doing in 2015. <laughs> yeah, not me, but some people. Yeah, uh, Luca and Day's uh, dad and and Lucy are there, and Lucy's mm-hmm. face is all bandaged up. I assume this is uh, because of the uh, vagina beam injury she sustained in the <laughs> yes. previous episode. A very very serious vagina beam injury. <laughs> Um, and, uh, Luca states her plan. She's like, okay, so the plan is that, uh... Well, it's not, it's not her plan. I mean, the implication, because she's, she's getting paid, is that, uh, she was approached by Lei's dad, uh, to do this for, for him. Yeah, and, um, she says, like, okay, I'll, I'll cure the blue-haired one, but only if, if your daughter accepts the invitation. So it's like, she's, she's only gonna give Mina's memory back if Rachel accepts her father's wedding invitation, which makes more sense, because her, her father is, like, force, force, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what the actual plan is in this moment, but it makes a lot more sense, uh, than Rachel just deciding to go to her father's wedding for no reason, other than, like, oh, I'm gonna embarrass him by killing him i guess yeah i mean at the very least it's tying these plot threads together and it's uh creating a reason why we would um view luca as an adversary when in the fanfic it's not really clear why we're supposed to view it as like justified that she gets murdered and then eaten Mm -hmm. um like that kind of comes out of nowhere when she hasn't been established as like an evil character and then uh, Luca drops that uh, she's going to curse Rachel anyway when she accepts the offer. So I guess right. that makes so sense. Right, we, so we have reasons to distrust her and uh, to root for her downfall in mm-hmm. what comes next. Um, so that, that does kind of tie those threads neatly together and provides context that would have made me feel like that scene in the fanfic made more sense. And uh, the last thing that happens is it cuts back to Rachel with her arms around Yuki and Mina. They agree mm-hmm. to go find Luca. Uh, Yuki and Mina hold hands, and they all have a bonding moment. And Rachel shouts "Nya on," and that's yep. the end of the fanime. <laughs> what, what a place to leave off! 
so this is the last episode that was, this is the last video that was up- uploaded by Rachel Katsueki Neko Oni, or I guess her YouTube name is just Rachel Katsueki Neko. On, yeah, uh, she might have run out of space. Yeah. <laughs> January uh, 27th, 2015. So that is it for the main episodes of the Fanime, but we still have a lot of little videos to cover that we're going to do next we week. We do. We do. Um, so we'll tie up those uh, loose ends next week. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we have to dedicate an entire episode on the video game, to be honest. I mean, we're uh, going to do a Let's Play, but... yeah. From what you've uh, told me of the video game, which is which is not much, because I keep I keep saying uh, don't give me any spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you've only really given me like a vague overview of what to expect. But it sounds like there's a lot here. Like you said, there's multiple yeah. endings. Um, we're gonna have a lot of material to dig into. Um, I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm very but excited. We're probably too. going to have to dedicate like at least an entire episode to that, right? Yeah. Yes, definitely. If not, if not multiple episodes. Um, I mean, we'll talk about, we'll hash this out later, but I, we'll I think figure it out. probably an entire episode um, dedicated to talking about the video game and then a, a Let's Play video on it. So at least that much. But for now, that is going to be all for this week. Do you have anything else that you want to say before we end the episode? Um, no, I'm just, I'm looking forward to what's going to happen in the last two chapters. Because, like, again, I do not remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the video game quite yes. a lot. Yes, I me too. I want to kind of save any thoughts I might have until we're done, because we are almost done. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting to look back on this as, as like, a entire work, I guess, which I can't do quite yet. Yeah. Uh, we are reaching the end. And then we, uh, we have a few more episodes before we cover what we're planning on doing next. But we're planning on doing something very different. Um, yes. And I'm very excited. Yeah. Because uh, we've, been, we've been talking about this one for a long time as well. All right. So uh, that is going to be all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out on Twitter or Tumblr at Literary Demerit. We upload new episodes every Friday. You can find us us on Patreon or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks so much to The Birthday Massacre and Metropolis Records for the use of their song Counterpain. You can find them on Bandcamp, Spotify, and Apple Music. And remember, we don't own anything. All credit to the original owners. Yeah, on. (laughs) 